Uh, hello there? Testing, testing, one, two, three. Oh my god, it's working. I'm back. This is you from the future, talking to me, Tyler. Hi. Uh, it's been a minute since you've done an episode. Is there any way you could, uh, you know, speed it up? Holy crap, guys. Uh, it's been so long since I finally completed, you know, recorded, did a report, got the whole episode. It's all put together. I finally just finished editing it. I am so bloody sorry that it took so long. I have many excuses, none of them that will be viable for the fact that you're listening to this, but so much has happened since, uh, like, the last time we talked. I I discovered that apparently when you raise a couple of kids that are growing up and, you know, Vinny, my son, is about 20 months old at this point, and I have my foster nephew still, and it looks like that's going to be long-term, who is about maybe 16 months old. Uh, really are uh, a sensitive bunch when you're trying to do uh, research, recording, and editing at, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. It's a nightmare at times. And between that, between work, between real life and all that stuff, I simply just kept looking at a project that I had had half done this report and I just kept eyeballing it. And I'm like, and obviously (laughs) it, it just got nasty. And there's a certain point where it's like, I was trying to look for legal cases for this, uh, whole shebang. And then I was trying to look for information that was talked about with, uh, Doug Lowenstein and, the normal stuff like where i do my research you know my google interneting uh just came up with jack absolutely nothing and it just it was really depressing because normally there's such a good flow of information that i can get access to that it's just an easy in and out get the information make sure it's verified and then you know put it in the report but that just wasn't happening when it came to the esa And so I got really depressed. It was getting too difficult to find even the most minor details. And eventually I just gave up. And then I kept looking back and giving up again. And then it turned into a cycle. And obviously, you know, it's been months since I've uh, finally got into it. So the trick, as it turns out, is, and a lot of people are going to get disgusted by this. I'm very sorry. Uh, it turns out AI does a lot more help than I initially gave it credit for. Uh, between last episode and this one, ChatGPT really came out of the woodwork with information. And so when I was able to type in, hey, could you tell me the legal cases that ESA has actually done between this and this time frame? And it was like, yeah, sure. And I just sat there just mind numb suffering ego death like wait really you're you're gonna just give me the information and it was like yeah sure absolutely here you go and i'm like no way and so i take the court case that it you know spits out at me and i pump it into uh you know google and sure as heck it's like yeah that that it was right there i just had to type in the you know the right court case and all that stuff and suddenly it started spewing me the information i've been desperately looking for and suddenly things took off again 
And I know I have to be careful because using something like chat GPT as, you know, uh, definitive information would be, <laughs> it'd be a fool's errand because there, there's no way that all the information is going to be correct, even if it acts like it's correct. And if I just pair it, you know, everything it says one to one, I would be basically turning into, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think, what is the name of the magazine that, uh, like, like the Reader's Diet, well, maybe I shouldn't call it that, uh, oh, goodness, I'm gonna Google it right now, uh, Popular U.S. Uh, Gossip Magazine, there's one that I'm thinking of, uh, The National Enquirer, that one. Like, it'd be pretty much that for ESA. And it's like, there's no point in doing that if I'm just going to make it into a bunch of juicy gossip that has no actual, you know, meaning behind it. And so between that, I started getting into it. I started working on the report. And then the big news hit. ESA has canceled E3 for 2023. And I was like, whoa. It this isn't good news for me, but just the fact that, you know, if I actually do finish this, it'll actually be something that's, uh, what's the term? Uh, I was going to say convalent, but no, there's, I've been so, uh, frazzled by my own usage of, uh, vocabulary that, uh, man, what is this? The word is when it's time sensitive, Topical. That's the word I'm thinking of. Topical. Man, I can't believe I couldn't think of that word. The fact that I managed to work on something that took eight months to do, pretty much, but then it turned into a topical piece by finishing it. Uh, I mean, it's not really rocket science, but I'm just glad it worked out that way. And, man, there's, like, obstacles left and right uh, that... that basically kept trying to step in the way between me, uh, you know, doing the recording and then, uh, editing, uh, the funniest one. And I'm going to tell you this little story is, uh, when I was editing, I had, uh, switched from the super lightweight breeze, uh, disposable vapes, uh, they're called breeze, basically a little of vape pods that you'd, you know, hit little special flavors and stuff. That wasn't cutting it for me anymore, and I realized that uh, because of that, I was overcompensating and burning through them, as well as burning through my wallet, essentially. So I had gone back to my regular vape. You know, it produces a little bit more vapor. Uh, also, in this computer room where I do all the recording and stuff, uh, I have one of my cats that has... Uh, and this drives me wild, uh, had a habit of deciding, even though it had a nice clean litter box, uh, it would power eat through her food and then come into the computer room and then just yak it all up on the floor. And then because I'm the only person in the computer room, I would oh, you know, walk in, I would see this nightmare, hopefully I would see this nightmare, and then... I would have to clean it up and it would just be very stressing. Uh, it was not just limited to vomiting. Uh, my cat, unfortunately, has a habit of uh, needing to have uh, very wet farts and the step past that onto the carpet. And so, you know, I come in, see that, go, oh, heck no, and then just walk right out. And then walk back in with paper towels and all that. And then I... <laughs> 
and begged my wife to get the uh, that special power wet vacuum thing to scoop it up. And then I would be able to get into a mentality of doing actual research. So anyways, the whole point of me saying that was, as a result, I decided the best solution would be to simply shut the door. Wow, big brain Tyler over here, shutting the door. Who would have thought that would fix a lot of things? For whatever reason, cat does not poop or puke in any other room, uh, thankfully, but some reason just felt the need to do it in this room. Uh, so, door has been closed. Cool. So, I've been editing, and while I've been vaping, he watches all this uh, pieces together into this little masterpiece, and when you vape in a fairly small room, as much as I did during my editing, uh, actually, this was during my recording yeah, like between like uh, certain sections, I'd record 10 to 15 minutes at a time to take a break. And then uh, between sections, I was vaping. And because the room was so small and I kept my window closed because it's like 30, 40 degrees out Fahrenheit, uh, I started hotboxing my room. And there was a smoke alarm in my room. And the smoke alarm in my room is connected to the other five or six smoke alarms into the entire house including my wife's bedroom downstairs my other kids room the living room the kitchen the hallway between the kitchen and my room and when it detected smoke from me vaping you know hotboxing my uh, room uh it decided to let everybody know at 6 a.m that the house was on fire and when you're, you know, my first thought was, what the heck is going on? My wife rushed in going, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, there's nothing going on in here. And I turned to look at her and realized that I was pretty much the artist formerly known as Prince with purple haze, uh, pretty much just fogging up in this entire room. And then I saw the smoke alarm that was losing its mind. And so I had to kick it off unplug it pull it out and then put it in the kitchen and then i opened the door uh to watch this thick fog monster had come out and then began permeating the kitchen now mind you i can't vape like this in front of my kids but it's like oh you know this is my room this you know kids don't ever come in here i should be able to do that but this thing came in like it was a scooby-doo villain scene you know where they're getting ready to go and investigate the haunted mines or some crap and it started triggering off the smoke alarms like it was playing breakout. It just bing, bing, just hitting this smoke alarm, hitting the smoke alarm. I'd clear one out. The other one would lose its mind. And, oh my gosh, that shut down my recording, <laughs> like, completely for almost two days. Because I was just so stressed out. And then, obviously, I got caught up with work and other life stuff, but... Just little things like that would catch up with you. But in any case, that was uh, me trying to get this together. That was a lot of complaining, and I'm very sorry for that. Uh, a lot of cool stuff has been happening. Uh, let's see, what's going on? I've been doing a lot of uh, modded Breath of the Wild. I've been having really, really, really fun. A lot of fun with that. I did that before a few years ago, and... Uh, it turns out because the new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, is coming out, 
uh, the Ibotic community is, is, you know, starting to reach its, uh, I wouldn't say end stages, but kind of like the golden years, if you will. And it's very ex exciting because in a few days, hopefully by the time this recording comes out, uh, there's going to be a special multiplayer Breath of the Wild mod that's going to be coming out, and I'm hoping to be able to set it up and play it with my friend. Which is kind of relevant with uh, ESA, uh, because like I said in the report, hopefully you listened to it already, uh, it was, you know, something that they encourage normally. Uh, unless Nintendo is currently making money off of Breath of the Wild, then of course ESA is like, no, so technically... I'm doing something that they wouldn't like, hypothetically. You know, me not trash-talking them for an hour and a half, apparently, you know, the freedom of speech and all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure this is going to go well if they ever catch notice. I'm just a small fish, uh, Stanley. Please, leave me be. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the new Breath of the Wild stuff. I've been playing a lot of modded versions, playing as Linkle, the female version of Link. Uh, technically her own character, if you want to, you know, run it down uh, the lore and all that stuff. But let's be real. Uh, what can be interpreted as the continue? uh, let's see, what's the term? Uh, definitive Zelda lore is, like, basically spitting on the wall and then trying to form it into words that make sense. But then everybody's just spitting and i don't know why i'm using spit that everybody's using their own form of paint and it's like yeah there's a mural here but what's it supposed to represent and people are like oh zelda triforce uh, th there's a there's a guy with a sword cool uh so anyways esa esa when I first uh, looked at this, my thought was, like, everybody knows about E3. If you play video games, you know about E3. Everybody loves E3. Or at least, you know, at a certain point, a lot of people loved E3. Uh, but what about ESA? ESA, you know, people, some people know about the ESRB rating, but what cases do they actually know about? Because when video game news comes up now and then, it's usually like, you know, controversy over this uh, video game company and all that stuff. But every now and then, the acronym ESA will pop up and people are like, what's that? And honestly, I can't blame them. If, if you don't really have any interest in looking into what ESA was or is, then I can't blame you for not even knowing who they were. So it's like people always say, what is ESA? Oh, they made E3. End of story. And maybe they're right, because, you know, besides some legal cases, landmark legal cases, it that's pretty much really what they're known for. And it was, I, I remember before I officially took my hiatus, if you want to call it that, uh, how much I was thinking, man, the ESA makes them themselves out to be the big dogs of the video game industry. But as I'm looking more and more of their articles and stuff and looking at logistics, uh, the number of people that they get in outreach is just lacking. Like, they make me look like I'm actually a credible, you know, I have a credible shot at uh, having better audience uh, outreach than they do. And that's sad because, you know, I'm just a small guy that likes to talking to a mic about doing a report that I put together. Uh, and they're supposed to be the entire U.S. Uh, you know legal defense team for video games. So why is that? And so I kept looking deeper and deeper. 
And I'm noticing that there is a severe lack beyond a couple of people who have done, you know, similar looks into things, uh, that there's really not that much that's uh, shed on them. And I've actually seen little bits here and there about, you know, uh, suspicious and uh, nefarious activities of people that are board members, but it's like, we, we see that with anybody that works in a corporation. Uh, like, what makes uh, them in, you know any different? They're pretty much like the conglomerate of all video game corporate, uh, you know, uh, virtues and values, if you want to call it that. Uh, A.K.A. Greed. Or, you know, creativity and hope and all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> please don't sue me for slander. Uh, so, looking at it, and looking at it further and further, I started to feel almost self-emasculated trying to make the ESA sound like a big hot-ticket deal. Because it almost felt like they just weren't as relevant nowadays as I thought they were. Because I thought they were huge. And if they are, they certainly don't show it anymore. And I was hoping to find much more uh, video of interviews and talk. And it just seemed like there was maybe 6 to 12 different videos of, say, Stanley, who would go on to a uh, show about somebody who was making a Cheese Factory uh, basic cutting board level interview about... Hmm, I'm worried about video games and my kids. And here's this guy to talk about it with me. This guy is Stanley from, uh, NASA? No, ESA. Ah, hello, please. Give me your thoughts. And then he would give super coordinated and, you know, great legalese thoughts about it. And then, you know, the person would be like, hmm, video games, they do seem dangerous. And he'd be like, no, they're not. Here's a good reason. And then the interview would end. And it just felt lame that, you know, the ESA would have to stoop to such a almost comical level of interview when it comes to interacting with the public. I'm wondering if, like, they got so discouraged by the fact that they didn't really get that much viewership with their uh, thoughts and, like, staple ideas about what should be done in the video game industry nowadays that they just simply don't bother anymore. I honestly looked through a bunch of their videos, and back when when they were doing the E3 stuff, they were having, you know, it was like maybe 7,000 or maybe 20,000 views on their E3 hype stuff, and but there wasn't usually somebody talking on it. Which is why I couldn't use any of it for the uh, the podcast episode, because it was just basic, you know, nineteen nineties uh, electric uh, electronic funk music going, you know, and big white letters. Ether is back. There's video games. Come see them now. And it's like, okay, cool. This this means nothing to me. It's useless. Where's the interview of Doug Lowenstein? Oh, you're going to give me one where it's him talking with the, the cacophony of 300 other people in the same room. Uh, so you can barely understand what he's saying. And honestly, what he's saying is business jargon anyways. And then Mike Gallagher, uh, you know, the second president of ESA, uh, almost same thing. Found a couple of things. Nice. But I have a good hunch at this point that any of the like high quality videos I find of any of the three people that led ESA 
are probably just either manufactured or so overused in any media for this topic that I'm basically just running in line with everybody else. And that sucks. And I mean, it comes with the business. If you're making a report and you're looking for media to put into your report, anybody else that, you know, did the report has published it. Therefore it's easy to access. And so it turned into this weird loop. I realize in hindsight that I need to focus more on my words. Uh, I need to put a lot more uh, impact and belief and faith in my own information that I post when I'm talking. Like right now, it's, you know, just me talking. I'm being straight. I'm going forward with you. I'm going to vape right here because I don't edit this beyond the super basic uh, wipe the butt and send it on in kind of mechanic. By the way, I took my smoke alarm out of this room. That's why I can do this without any retribution. Also, I had the window open. It's cold in here. Please, I'm dying. I... Uh, but by having more faith in my words instead of to like leaning on media references, although <laughs> there's a counter argument with that because I put a couple of little meme songs in the the the, the podcast. Oh man, I'm I'm still happy with myself. I I was like, man, how many seconds can I put in before this gets a DMCA takedown notice? I've done a lot of understanding with Sopa and Pipa. And the, you know, Digital Millennia Copyright Act, I don't want to upset the wrong people, even if it's just a meme song for 8 to 10 seconds. Ooh, huh. So, yeah, I, I had a weird sensation with ESA. It felt like there was a deficit of information. And whether that was intentional or not by them just seems counterintuitive for somebody that wants to stand out. Or rather, maybe they don't want to stand out, but they want to be at the helm for, like, being the Valiant Vanguard. Uh, which, I didn't even think they can call themselves that at this point. I don't even know how many people work at the ESA. I wish I gathered the information. I'm not gonna at this point. I am curious to see how many have uh, survived uh, not being laid off or... You know, put into a uh, less than favorable position ever since the pandemic. But if I were to take a guess, uh, I, I'm thinking probably double digits at most. I hope I'm wrong. After this recording, I'm going to look. Or I might forget. One of the two. <laughs> I, I hope uh, you check uh, for me. And then you can tweet at me. Actually, Tyler, the ESA has 1,200 uh, active members that are definitely uh, paid higher than minimum wage and all that. Because, let's be real, if they haven't been able to get uh, three... Yeah, three out of the four uh, E3s to actually do its thing and exist... Uh, there's a good chance that they just don't have the money to keep going like they used to. Which probably explains why there's a sudden cutoff of YouTube videos. Because, uh, you know, if you can't afford Fiverr to have somebody edit your videos, they're not going to go up. And ESA is not going to put some wrong dog uh, videos up. Or maybe they would, I don't know. <laughs> Let's find out. Hopefully in the future they do something with it. Another thing I noticed is I thought that the ESA would eventually update its logo, but I'm pretty sure it's kept the same logo since it got changed from uh, ISDA. ISDA? IGDA? 
Oh, crap. I don't even remember anymore. It feels like in one year, I kept calling it ESA, even though it started as its own thing in the beginning. And uh, the fact that ESA never changed its logo, I don't know if that's a good sign or not. It's because it's not really meant to be like uh, an active uh, capitalistic corporate business. It's really meant to be something different, or at least it, that's what they try to give the perspective from the output or from the out, you know, from looking from the outside in, it's meant to cover protecting companies and then doing E3. But when you have the same logo, that's dusty old and pretty much due for an upgrade that costs five minutes to do. So yeah, I, I guess uh, I am taking little pot shots, even though, you know, when they're doing the actual work, it seems like they're doing a good job, if not a great job, but it seems like they're still riding off the coattails of their own success. And the fact that everything seems out of date at this point just kind of gives it a, a weird taste, if you will. Like, this episode felt like I was doing an antique roadshow. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Uh because, you know, antiques still exist today, and they still function today, but it just feels like it never got updated to keep up with the times. Their lingo did, and I'm, you know, I'm certain their lawyers and lobbyists uh, certainly did a great job, but it just, I just wish that they had a nice, flashier look. It, and... Obviously, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do for them, you know, trying to uh, defend or strike down any given law that comes their way. But I don't know. It'd give me more hope if I saw that, you know, the ESA has, you know, a, just a new flavor. Like, they changed. They're updated. They're the, the new deal. They're back, baby, or something like that. And ever since, you know, Michael Gallagher uh, disappeared and. Uh, I still can't find out what happened to him afterwards. I tried looking up. I, I just couldn't find him. And once uh, Stanley Pierre-Louis uh, took over, it just felt like he would occasionally make some appearances whenever there was a, a big deal. And then the whole thing would just clam up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I uh, apparently talking so much and power vaping at the same time was not my best idea. And that was me trying to drink some water. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, covering ESA was interesting. I'm not sure how informative it was uh, in terms of being uh, fresh and interesting. The fact that I had the resort to memes to uh, give it more liveliness uh, just kind of felt uh, depressing. And I also felt kind of burnt because for something that felt like it was supposed to represent... And I, congratulations, I'm giving a lot of beef to ESA. For someone that's supposed to represent like a new age of technology and media, uh, their responses to a lot of things felt outdated. The whole data leak that happened, I think in 2018, uh, really burnt my biscuits. I remember listening to Giant Bomb, the Giant Bombcast, and they would just talk about how messed up it was when they realized that there were several people that they personally know and all their information was out. Like, there was... 
obviously it could be anybody, but in this case, there was a lot of female reporters and people who, you know, let's say represented LBGTQIA+, and person or people of color that, you know, they had their name, they had their address, their phone number completely released. And there's a lot of bad people out there. It's like, oh, if you give a controversial opinion and I have any reason to be racist or homophobic or transphobic, they immediately jump on it like a bunch of monsters. And I, I have to be careful with that. Not, I don't think it's right or fair to compare anybody to being a monster. Because they're not monsters. They're just very, very toxic individuals. But they still have humanity. It's just they choose to use it so wrong. And the fact that E3, sorry, ESA just didn't give a crap. They did, but it's it's like they sh they could have at least upgraded to the <laughs> the AVG premium version of protecting their website or something, right? And then the response just seemed bizarre. Like, I, I was hoping that there would be more to it, but it just seemed like, no matter what I did, maybe there is more. And if there is, I'd like to apologize. I'd like to think that they'd done more than just reach out to individuals and offered them some basic services. I don't know if there's any lawsuits that came out of it, because, it, you know, it's a basic breach of identity, but <laughs> we've seen so much worse with uh, data leaks, and maybe that's why they're like, oh, you know, it wasn't as bad as that. There was a couple of good things, though. Like I said about the whole them supporting uh, modding of old games, that uh, really did make me feel butterflies. Because when I first typed it up, I thought it said that they were 100% always against modding. Because there's always the kerfuffle of uh, people trying to preserve uh, video games and all that, especially by companies that just don't take care of them anymore, and they're slowly running out of existence. And ESA has been a thorn in preserver sides for many of times. Gaming historians and librarians, librarians that just, you know, they get screwed over because the ESA will try to, you know, put a takedown notice on them. And that's not cool. But for some reason, they're cool with us modding. And it's just funny that it works out like that. I mean, Nintendo apparently enjoyed it because uh, we took advantage of modding a bunch of little things here and there in Breath of the Wild, and it feels like some of that's actually making it into the, ne the next game. Oh, cool. Uh, looking forward to uh, future topics. I had a few that I wanted to touch on, but after getting a reality check from ESA, now I'm not so sure. I was talking with a friend about the uh, potential of uh, doing a team-up where it's less, uh, you know, completely scripted after I do my research and type it out so I don't mess up all the time. But uh, by doing that, it means that we'd be more talking about it uh, casually versus my super intense, uh, informative kind of thing, which might be better. I know my uh, humor can often be dry, and I know sometimes when I talk too long, it, like right now, it, it might just be pretty much, you know, Boring, droning, and all that stuff. Especially if I'm complaining. Ugh, I sound like my mother. And, uh, crap. I, I honestly forgot the edit audio. <laughs> I can't believe it's been so long that I started doing basic edits and stuff. And it's like, alright, what's the first thing? Uh, uh, noise removal? Question mark? What's compression? And so I had to do a bunch of relearning stuff. Thankfully, I have macros that I set up long ago to make little bits of it easier. But 
even even as we speak, I got the episode ready, but it's like, all right, what do I do for show notes and stuff? What what do I have to put all of it up? And the answer is like, yeah, you probably should. Uh, you know, give people credit for uh, your sources and all that stuff. Oh, do I know them all? No, you're gonna have to look them all up. Oh. <laughs> so I I gotta kick myself in the butt and do that. That way I can officially put the episode out without like not feeling like a douchebag for not giving anybody credit. And uh, I also had to remember to give a shout out to Final Plank Media because Final Plank is in fact uh, the the parent company of this podcast now. And I need to talk with them and tell them, hey. I'm a necromancer now. I brought the sucker back from the dead. Let's see where this puppy can go. Oh, but man, I'm so excited for Zelda. Like, this is the month for Zelda, pretty much. It's in six weeks for me that the new Zelda game comes out. There's the multiplayer Zelda. I got to play the Diablo 4 beta. That was really cool. It It's funny because, and I'm about to go on another tangent. Please uh, humor me. I, I noticed this with Destiny. Uh... When I play Destiny, I have fun. Eventually, you know, I might burn out and I don't have as much fun because it turns into like a grind, but there's still a good period of time where even if it's like grinding, I'm still having fun. I mean, that was part of casual master quests, uh, you know, the train of thought never stopped to grind. And even though I'm having fun, I'll look at the subreddit for Destiny and then it's just what feels like dozens upon dozens of people trying to rally folks together and say that destiny is awful. It's terrible. It's, you know, it sucks. Don't play this game. Well, how many hours have you put into it this week? Oh, don't worry about that. How many hours are you going to put in next week? Don't ask questions. You don't want the answer to. It's like they keep playing, but they want to talk so poorly about it that if I don't play destiny and know that I'm enjoying it, I would look at that and think, oh my god, uh, Destiny is awful. In fact, uh, that actually drives me wild when people uh, constantly say, hey, I play Destiny so much, I hate Destiny. It's like, you're something. I can't say what you are because I try to keep this to be a somewhat family-friendly uh, episode or you know, podcast, but you're something for uh, having that kind of attitude. And it started like that with Zelda. And it's like, what the heck? You know, people are, are crapping on this whole, you know, Tears of the Kingdom gameplay stuff, complaining about how the other, uh, like, uh, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD, old games that came out for the GameCube, then Wii, and then the Wii U, uh, oh no, it hasn't come out for the Switch yet, so how dare they make information be known about their brand new game coming out in a month when they haven't announced this game that they, you know want on a new system, a fourth new system, even more if you count the emulators. And now, you know, people are trying to crap on that and make it a deal, but past that, Diablo 4, it, you know, we just had a beta happen, two weekends worth, if you will, and people are just destroying it, just absolutely taking uh, a giant dog poop on this thing. And the thing is, I played it, it was fun. <laughs> but it like the masses are talking so poorly of it. And it, it was funny because I watched a video by somebody by the name of Asmund Gold. And you know, anybody who's worth their salt on the internet has heard of this person. They're a very well-known uh, YouTube personality that likes to make commentary on stuff. Typically that, you know, 
MMO or Blizzard related games. So, you know, of course, Diablo 4 being a Blizzard game, they had to, you know, listen in and do their bit and have their own fun and chance at it. And it turned out they liked it too. But they made a good strong point through one of the videos that they did that this has been happening since the beginning of time. Uh, when World of Warcraft first came out, people took massive shots at it because it was so simplified and so easy compared to the super sweaty blood and tears that you would get with other MMOs at the time. I don't even remember the other MMOs that were out at the time. Like, what what would be the big thing? Uh, before Guild Wars, I guess EverQuest? <laughs> Mist? I don't know. It's like, oh no, uh, you know... But the problem is, though, people played World of Warcraft after, you know, the beta happened and the game came out, and obviously it worked. People liked it. But when 95% of the uh, internet forums or whatnot are just constantly... It just reminds me that sometimes the bottom of the internet can be so tax toxic that you have to remember that crap floats up. And you can't discredit the entire ocean of information that you would like to get when the crap in the toilet bowl gets focused on. Because that's not fair for everybody that wants to say that's a good game. They're just not saying it. They're playing it and having fun. And so I have to remember that, remind myself that even though people are talking poorly about games I enjoy playing or want to play, that doesn't mean necessarily that it's like the God-given truth when it comes to a game coming out or a game that's been out. And so... I really hope that uh, if you enjoy a game, especially a game that has a community behind it, or there's a game that's coming out that the you know you've heard a community talking poorly of, if it's not something that's basically worthy of cancel culture, it might be worth having your own opinion to be formed that is completely independent of what everybody else is saying. Basically, give the stuff your own shot. <laughs> I, I know that's wild advice. <laughs> A really bold move to say there, you know, Tyler. Uh, but seriously, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that I've been giving things a shot instead of just going to the nearest review and looking at that and then going to Reddit for reviews because that's pretty much saying, hey, I want you to, you know, set up mousetraps for me to step into. And each time I step into a mousetrap, I have to say, is this game good? <laughs> and eventually just uh, association of having to deal with the pain of reading Reddit uh, will make me eventually correlate that to the game. Also, Reddit stinks sometimes. And also, I spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> the cycle continues. Let's see. Oh, the my friend suggested that I cover Platinum Games. Uh, the people that's behind Bayonetta, Nier Automata, uh, Beautiful Joe. Uh, actually, it was Platinum Games... The people that made Beautiful Joe, uh, like Kamiya, uh, I'm not sure if that was a Platinum game at that point. I think that was before they officially split off and made the company. I'm not 100%. I know, like, Wonderful 101 is a Platinum title, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, he wanted me to cover that, uh, knowing full well that I despise Nier Automata for a multitude of reasons. I enjoyed the first two Bayonetta uh, with... Uh, some reservations, and then I refused to play the third one because I discovered that uh, Kamiya, the person that is, I believe, a director at this point, he's no longer a top dog, is a right butthole on Twitter. 
And so I have beef with the company as a whole as, you know, just some fat dude in an armchair ready to type my thoughts on the internets. Uh, and he wants me to cover it. And it's like, okay, dude. Okay. Great. You know, I, I, I try to keep my opinions neutral. Typically, obviously I let some of my flame uh, shine through and you want me to pick <laughs> the greatest psychological achievement. If I was able to cover it on a neutral ground. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, there's no guarantees on Platinum Games, but, you know, topic's there. And I'll see what's next in the menu. I'm not quitting. I am not giving up. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully it's still, you know, it's still got the uh, seal of approval from uh, whoever listens to it. And I also need validation. So please tell me that you listened to it and your actual thoughts. Uh, because if you just say it's good and all that, that just means, okay, cool. Uh, being told, you know, I put 10 to 15 hours on a project and being told that's good and keep going. Uh, I need more than that. And if there's something off with it, I also need to hear that because then I'll get self-conscious if I have somebody that says, yeah, your audio just, ugh. And it's like, what? But, 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 but my, my, what, what's wrong with the audio? And then I'll never know. Anyways, I'm, I've been talking to myself for the better part of like 40 minutes Thank you very for, thank you so much for listening to me. Thank you for waiting for me. And I'll try to make the next wait not so damn long. Uh I'll give you updates about my real life. I uh I'm getting rain gutters put in. I fixed the plumbing that's been an issue in my house. I'll probably talk about that next time, but I've been running long on this one. Anyways, I'll catch you guys next time. I love you. Bye bye. Also, my son keeps jumping off the couch. Is that normal? He, he seems to have a giggle about it, but like he'll just like like a lemming just jump off the couch. That's weird, right?